Welcome to the Mind and My Wellness Podcast, your podcast for all things macros, movement, mindset, and everything in between. I'm your host, Danny Marenberg, an ex yo yo dieting cardio junkie turned sustainable nutrition coach who's helped over 1,000 women feel confident in their skin by learning how to eat for their goals without sacrificing a life well lived. I created the Mind and My Wellness podcast to give you simple, effective, and manageable tips you can take away from each episode and implement in your daily life to look and feel like the best version of you. Each week, my guests and I teach you the secrets to mastering your health and owning your power. Nutrition, mindset, movement, and women's health are all topics you'll find here. Think of our time together as your productive little health break from the day. So grab your headphones, fill up your water, and let's dive into today's episode. Happy 2024, my friend. Happy New Year. Is it just me or is it so strange to say 2024? I mean, 2050 to me seems like a year that belonged in the Jetsons. So to think that that's only 26 years away is a little wild to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) But I hope you had an amazing new year. And my guess is that you might be listening to this because you are ready to take on a new challenge in January of 2024. You're ready to really make your health a priority. Maybe you have some very specific goals in mind, or maybe you're listening to this episode like maybe this will inspire some goals in me. So I wanted to craft this episode specifically to help you maintain and achieve those resolutions that you're setting for yourself. Now, I'm a big proponent of goal setting, but I don't think that it needs to come down to New Year's to set these goals. I don't think we have to have a new year to set new resolutions. Sure, It can be a great turning point because we're entering a new year, but I truly believe that you can set goals whenever you'd like to accomplish them. And this episode is going to help not just for New Year's, but anytime that you have a goal for yourself to really set a goal with intention. And then I'm going to give you five proven ways to stick to those goals, proven by many, many studies that I reviewed and have incorporated into this episode. So again, this time of the year is a very common time of the year to set resolutions, to get very, very motivated to accomplish those resolutions. But sadly, did you know that studies have found that only about 9% of the population actually follows through on the resolutions they set? I'll dive into why in this episode, but I want to make sure you do not fall into that 91% category of those who don't see their goals through. I want you to feel so dang proud of yourself come the end of this year when you look back on your goals you've set and how solidly you committed to yourself, knowing you can do anything you truly want in this life. In this episode, Again, I'm going to be sharing five proven ways to set resolutions and see them through. I also found it so fascinating when I was digging into the research, but also not surprising that out of the five most common goals set each year, 
three of them pertain to one's physical health. With 39% of individuals wanting to improve fitness performance, 37% wanting to lose weight, and 33% wanting to improve their diet. But of all of the resolutions that were made in this study, weight-related goals by far had the lowest success rate. Now, again, like I said, my goal for you listening to this episode is that you do not fall into that 91% category that doesn't see through their resolutions or their goals. I want you, especially if your goal is to improve your diet, to lose weight, or to increase your fitness performance, I want those results for you. I want this to be the year that you feel so confident, that you feel really good with the decisions you're making in terms of your nutrition, and it feels balanced, and it feels aligned, and it doesn't feel hard. I want this for you. So in this episode, I'm going to dive into the results of these studies that I reviewed that have been conducted around New Year's resolutions in particular, especially when it comes to weight-related or physical health-related resolutions. But first, here are my thoughts on this. With most diets, especially around New Year's, let's be honest, there are a ton of challenges and programs that kick off around this time to capitalize on New Year's resolutioners. The reason they fail is that they are not sustainable. And if it's not sustainable for you, it will not last, period. Can you think of a diet or a program that you did? Maybe it was a 30-day challenge that you were so excited and motivated to start, but maybe like seven days in, you were already feeling burnt out. You were feeling overwhelmed. You were driving yourself into the ground, trying to keep up with it all. How long did you last with that plan? And if you did make it the full 30 days, and I asked you right now, if you could do another 30 days more, could you? Oftentimes, the answer is a big hell no, I want my burger. (laughs) And that's because it's not sustainable for you. Sustainable results are a result of sustainable practices. This is why everything I teach, everything you'll hear from me on this podcast is on creating a sustainable nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle plan for you. I truly do not believe in a cookie cutter program for this reason. We are all unique and have different preferences, dislikes, lifestyles, goals, and genetics. So I truly believe there is a large, large drop-off when it comes to weight-related resolutions because those individuals don't have a plan that is there to support them long-term. And then that plan easily integrates into their lifestyle. Instead, it's this cookie-cutter program or plan, maybe it's even a meal plan, that just does not feel sustainable. And maybe you can adhere to it for 30 days, but try to adhere for it for the rest of your life and you may come up against difficulty. This is where I see a lot of yo-yo dieting occur because they try to jump on a diet. It's not something that can last long-term. So they'll diet and then they have to stop dieting. And then they try to jump on another diet and then they do it as long as they can. And then it's like, oh, okay, I deserve all of this food because I just spent the last 30 days doing this diet. I deserve it. 
what if we found a sustainable approach where you could lose the weight, you could recomp your body, you could find a balanced relationship with food, increase your energy, all without going through this yo-yo dieting cycle, going through this restrictive mindset patterns and cycles and putting yourself through what seems like torture oftentimes. I know more often than not, when we're thinking about a diet, it doesn't seem fun. And I like to think about changing the connotation of diet from restrictive to how can I fuel my body to see the results I want in a sustainable way that I can do for the long haul. Okay, enough for me. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about having individualized plans because, again, nutrition is so individualized and unique per person. But let's hear from the actual researchers themselves now. (laughs) Going back to the studies that I referenced, I dug into quite a few, ranging in time frame as well. And I mentioned that only 9% of people actually follow through with their resolutions. And believe it or not, 23% of people quit by the end of the first week. And then 43% of people quit by the end of January. So you're seeing 43% of people not achieving their goals through January, through the first month. That's almost half of people who set resolutions aren't making it past month one. Again, I truly believe that a lot of this comes from unsustainable patterns, unsustainable diets, unsustainable programs. It's just not something that you're able to maintain for the long run. And after just the first week, 23% of those people are dropping off. That's a pretty big percentage for seven days. Again, to me, that signifies something is not sustainable. But here are just a few reasons why these studies found most people don't follow through. So number one, resolutions are set at a time that isn't conducive to that person's environment, mental state, or readiness. New Year's resolutions are a really great example of this because many of these resolutions are set out of tradition. It's a new year, so we need a whole new set of goals. However, goals should really be set at a time of change or need for change. If you're setting a resolution for the sake of just setting a New Year's resolution, motivation will most likely be lacking when compared to setting a goal because you're ready to make change or change needs to occur. So this year, if you are setting a resolution, really identify what change you truly want to make versus those that you feel you should be making but might not be fully aligned with yet. When it comes to health, I believe that there's never a perfect time. There's always going to be some excuse that could get in the way of our goal and our plan to turn those goals into reality through action. But you have to create that time. I truly believe that when it comes to our health, yes, we can make up all the excuses, but you have to create that time. With that said, If you are simply setting a goal, let's say to lose 10 pounds or start eating healthier just because it's January and you should, quote unquote, versus you're setting this goal because you're actually ready to make change, you're fed up with pushing it off, and you're wholeheartedly ready to feel confident, 
have more energy to keep up with your kids, manage your cravings, get out of the yo-yo dieting cycle or the binge and restrict cycle, then you're going to notice your goals are a lot harder to accomplish when motivation isn't fueling them. So again, if you are simply setting a goal because you feel like you should because it's January, motivation is going to be lacking to really see that result through versus you have that fire, you have that urge, you have that push to really want to see change. You're fed up. You're like, this is it. This is time. That is going to help motivate you to see change through. So really identify, am I setting this resolution just because it's tradition and it's a new year, or do I truly want this? And if I truly want this, that is the motivation that's going to help me get there. All right, number two is that obstacles aren't taken into consideration. We do not live in a perfect world where everything goes our way. There will be emergencies and illnesses and high-stress situations and last-minute meetings and errands and obstacles are everywhere. If we don't set a game plan for how to tackle these obstacles or learn how to overcome these obstacles as they arise, it can pose as a greater risk for us throwing in the towel on our goals. So instead, do your best to identify obstacles ahead of time and set a plan or reframe your thinking around them. For instance, when it comes to nutrition, it's very easy for an obstacle like a child getting sick or a last minute meeting popping up or even sleeping 20 minutes past your alarm to occur. Plan for these obstacles by having meals prepped, high-protein snacks on the ready, or setting out your workout clothes the night before so you take out the work and it's ready there. You can get up, put your clothes on, and go. Identify potential obstacles and then solve for them. Make it easy on yourself. We often don't sustain anything that's hard for the long run. So find ways to simplify and streamline and make it easy on yourself. Again, that could be meal prepping. That could be just stocking your fridge with staple macro foods. That's what I like to do. I like to always have my go-to proteins, carbs, and fat that I can easily throw in meals. Make sure you have those high-protein snacks on hand. Think ahead, hydrate, and do your best to plan for those obstacles. If you don't see an obstacle and an obstacle arises, take that as a learning lesson. How can you, moving forward, use that obstacle to your advantage and plan ahead? You're not always going to be able to plan out for all of the obstacles, but as obstacles arise, you're able to take those lessons and apply them in the future for a future plan. I hope you're loving today's episode. I wanted to quickly interrupt to share with you something that I only wish I knew years ago on my health journey that changed everything for me. I was the girl who had tried every diet under the sun, worked out seven days a week, yet was constantly left feeling disappointed that all my hard work and time wasn't paying off. Can you relate? If the answer is yes, then my free training, Three Steps to Transform Your Body with Macros, is just for you. In this training, I share the secrets to leveraging your metabolism to lose fat without restriction, eliminating the foods you love, or sacrificing a life well-lived. So if you're ready to say so long to yo-yo dieting and kick low-calorie diets to the curb, 
you're not going to want to miss this free training. Head on over to mindedmymacros.com forward slash free training to register today. Or you can head on over to my show notes to find the link. I hope to see you there. All right, now back to the episode. Reason number three, most resolutions do not succeed. There is no accountability. Studies show that those who set a way to be accountable for their goals are twice as likely to achieve them than if you're simply acting upon goals on your own. Twice as likely. That's a huge percentage of people who are then more likely to accomplish their goals because they are seeking out accountability. For some, sharing our goals with others is enough to hold ourselves accountable. Once we vocalize and put them out there, we can't retract them. We then start to feel this sense of accountability to follow through with what we say. If you're someone who can benefit from simply vocalizing and sharing your goals with a partner, maybe a family member, a friend, amazing. I'm going to highly encourage you to do that. Write out your goal in depth and share it with someone. That way you're putting it out there and there's this sense of accountability. You now have told somebody and maybe they'll check up on you. It holds you more accountable. But many of us also need to take it one step further and have even deeper accountability. This is where joining a group with like-minded members can be really beneficial. I actually recently recorded a podcast episode with a very fabulous guest that's airing in just a few weeks on a topic of alcohol. And we were discussing social situations, and she mentioned that for those who are truly trying to eliminate drinking, it can be very challenging if they don't have a support system of other alcohol-free people. And oftentimes, those who don't will fall right back into old habits. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Surrounding ourselves with people who are of the people that we want to be, if we want to strive towards. So having that sense of community of like-minded people can really help us to maintain or achieve our goal. And this is so true when it comes to nutrition too. And another big reason why I think weight loss-related goals have the lowest success rate. If we don't surround ourselves with people who support our goals, it can feel very challenging to sustain them, like we're fighting an uphill battle sometimes. So finding a community of like-minded individuals can help hold you accountable and feel supported along the way. This is exactly why I have a community element to the Macro Accelerator, my one-on-one coaching program. It's a one-on-one coaching program program. So not only are you getting that one-on-one support from a coach, but you're also getting a built-in support system and community of women who are all committing to their health in a similar way. I find that it's so extremely beneficial amongst the women who participate in our daily Slack group. We have that Slack group going off daily. People are chiming in and it's really there as an accountability. I'm hosting monthly challenges in there. We share recipes. I mean, For those women in this program and are taking advantage of the Slack group, they are getting so much accountability out of it, as well as, hi, your coaches are in there too, so we're there to keep you in check. But I find that it's very beneficial 
to have some sort of community aspect, some sort of support group to really see through results. So this could be anything from looking up an online group and membership or community of whatever that goal is you have to connect with people, or maybe finding one in your community to meet in person. Maybe it's following other social media accounts on this topic and then seeing those who are commenting and reaching out and putting yourself out there and just saying, hey, like I'm on this similar journey too. Do you want to be my accountability buddy? (laughs) And really creating this community for yourself to thrive and foster to achieve your goals. And last but not least, another way to seek accountability is to actually seek out guidance through coaching, mentoring, or a program. This is, in my experience, the top level of accountability one can get. Finding a program or a coach that aligns with your needs, but also serves as a direct resource for you to hold you accountable to yourself, to the goals that we set together. Sometimes we do need someone watching over us to make sure that we do it. Hi, I am a coach. And I still seek out a coach when I am going through certain macro phases. Like if I'm going into a calorie deficit, I will actually seek out a coach because of the accountability aspect. I need it too. There's nothing wrong with that. So to recap on the different ways you can encourage accountability, one is that you simply put it out there. You write down in depth what your goals are, and then you tell a friend, you tell a family member, you tell your significant other. And just putting it out there can be the accountability that you need because, hey, it's out there. Now I got to follow through with it. Maybe you need to take another step and join a group or meet a community that can also foster support to help you achieve that goal. Maybe with like-minded people, all working towards a similar goal. And then last but not least, seek help. Seek a coach, a mentor, a program. Seek that one-on-one attention that is really going to put your foot to the flame and hold you accountable in that sort of sense. Moving on to reason number four, most people do not accomplish their goals, specifically with New Year's resolutions. The goals are too lofty and become daunting and overwhelming. I think each and every one of us can agree that we have set a goal that seems reasonable, but then all of a sudden we get into it and we're like, whoa, what did I sign myself up for? (laughs) Maybe as an example, you've set a goal for yourself of working out six days a week, yet right now you're only working out two days a week at best. Yeah, that's going to feel very overwhelming quite quickly. This goes back to my thought at the beginning of the episode when it comes to sustainability. If something isn't sustainable in your lifestyle, chances are high that you'll burn out, get frustrated, or throw in the towel because you don't have time. All of a sudden, we find a reason why we don't have time. Studies show that setting milestone markers are a much more beneficial and motivating approach than simply setting this huge lofty goal. And this is exactly what we do inside the macro accelerator. Instead of setting a goal of six workouts that week, let's try first increasing your workouts by one workout per week. 
to maybe three workouts if you're currently at two for that first two weeks. Get into the new rhythm. Find what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And then you'll start to feel extremely accomplished when you get really consistent with those three workouts a week for two weeks in a row. From there, well, then increase it. Let's aim for four workouts a week and so on. So instead of going from the two workouts to the six, we're slowly building you up to it. Hey, you're still working towards your goal. You don't have to go from two workouts to six workouts to see results. And matter of fact, you're probably going to see better results moving slower because, again, it's going to be more sustainable. So it's not about going from zero to 100. Zero to 100 leads to burnout and exhaustion. I will say that until the end of time. With anything, I do not believe in going from zero to 100. Take one step forward each week is going to get you to your goal, but in a much more achievable and manageable way. Also, psychologically, it is more likely that you'll complete a task or achieve a goal if you have wins encouraging you along the way. So this study actually proved this. Actually, sorry, there were three studies that proved this within this one study that they referenced. So taking your overarching goal and breaking it down into more manageable goals can actually help you work towards that overarching goal in a productive way. Again, because psychologically, you want to experience wins. We like that gratification of a win. So if we can set those smaller goals that add up to that overarching goal, you're going to have way more wins encouraging you along the way. So as an example, if your goal is to, let's say, build lean muscle and maybe reduce some body fat, because I think that's a very common goal. But right now, you're not tracking what you eat. You're restricting during the week and then overeating on the weekends and only working out sporadically throughout the week while working a very sedentary job. You're probably not going to want to start week one with five days of strength, 10K steps, and hitting all of your macros every single day. That seems very overwhelming. Great. That's a really great overarching goal to get to. But instead, let's break those down into smaller goals that are more achievable for you, setting those smaller goals as your near-term goals, and then building from there. Again, you're going to have way more wins motivating you along the way. So this is very common. We also often want to go from zero to 100 because we want to get to that end destination. But you know, that cheesy line, like, it's about the, it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, kind of is. So instead of feeling like I want to be there now, Think about how can I get there and then make it in a way that I'm going to stay there because it's really not going to help you if you get there, can't sustain it, and then drop right back into old patterns. So again, to summarize this, breaking down those overarching goals, those lofty goals that you have into smaller, more achievable goals because A, it's going to be a lot more achievable and sustainable in the long run. And B, psychologically, it's going to help you in terms of having those wins along the way. And those wins are going to be motivating you and are going to want to encourage you to keep going. All right. Our final way to stick to your resolutions. This one, oh, I just love because once I started repositioning how I was setting my goals with this strategy, I truly felt like I saw a shift. And a big mistake that people make, number five here, 
Your goals are avoidance-oriented. I see this far too often with specific diets that call for eliminating foods or food groups entirely. So first, what are these two different types of goals? There are approach-oriented goals and avoidance-oriented goals. With approach-oriented goals, one is aiming to reach or maintain a desired outcome. Whereas with avoidance-oriented goals, we're so focused on avoiding or eliminating undesired outcomes. Here is a really great example of an approach-oriented goal versus an avoidance-oriented goal. With an approach-oriented goal, if your goal is weight loss, the approach-oriented goal setting would be that you have this plan, it's looking holistically at how to achieve weight loss for you, navigating through the different macro phases, how does exercise and your lifestyle plug into that, and you're looking at a plan holistically of, okay, I know exactly how I'm going to get to weight loss, and that's through eating these foods I love within balance, and you are understanding how you're going to potentially enter a deficit, then move through a reverse diet, maintenance, all of that, versus taking an avoidance-oriented approach, which let's say, again, for weight loss, same goal here, but with an avoidance-oriented goal, that goal may be a restrictive diet that's eliminating certain foods or maybe eliminating food groups altogether to aid in weight loss. Now, I hope you can see the differences there that both end results are weight loss, but one is taking an approach-oriented position where it's planning out exactly how they're going to get there, not from a restrictive mindset, not from a what do I have to eliminate mindset, but what do I need to do to get there versus the avoidant-oriented goal, which is what do I need to eliminate what do I need to not do in order to experience or not experience my weight holding study? How do I get to weight loss, but from a restrictive mindset? So that could be, again, eliminating foods, food groups altogether, eliminating or reducing calories significantly to get to that goal. So really, how are you positioning your goal? Is it more approach-oriented or avoidant-oriented? Studies also show that avoidance-oriented goals can lead to negative effects, including less satisfaction with progress and more negative feelings about progress with personal goals, decreased self-esteem, personal control and vitality, and less satisfaction with life. I mean, that's a bummer. <laughs> I hope that when we're setting goals and we're working towards them, we're feeling really dang proud of ourselves. So the takeaway here is that we should be creating approach-oriented goals, even if it takes a little bit of finessing to reframe them away from avoidance-oriented goals. All right, so to recap everything, we covered a lot today, mainly because I want you to have your best, most confident and empowering year yet. But to recap on the five proven ways to stick to your New Year's resolutions this year to see results that are going to last you. Number one, 
set your resolutions and goals based on a want or a need to change, not simply because it's New Year's and you should. Number two, plan for obstacles. Make sure you're taking into account any foreseen obstacles or if you run across an obstacle, learn from it and plan for it in the future. Number three, find accountability. Whether through telling a friend or a family member, finding a support group, or hiring a coach or enrolling in a program, accountability can be a huge success metric to see through your results. Number four, break down those larger goals into smaller, more achievable goals. Again, you're going to have more wins to celebrate. And number five, build approach-oriented goals. All right, before we go... I'm going to leave you with something I found extremely empowering within one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits. Also, if you haven't read this book already, I cannot recommend it enough, especially if you have very specific goals you're hoping to achieve while listening to this episode. I referenced this book in my online course, The Macro Body Method. It's just so good. And I'll link the book down in the show notes, but I highly recommend you give it a read. It can literally be applied to every aspect of your life. But in this book, James Clare says, there is a difference between motion and action. Motion refers to doing something that will not produce a result by itself. And action refers to the behavior or types of behavior that will get you the result. So motion is doing the research, listening to these podcasts, going through all of my free content, maybe even signing up for the macro body method and diving in and learning how to navigate through the different phases, calculate your macros, all of that. But you won't see results until you put it to action. You can spend all the time in the world learning, and that's going to be motion, but you're not going to see the results until you actually put it into action. So my hope for you is that you're doing the motion, but ultimately you're putting it to action and you can take what you've learned in this episode, put it to action in your own life to truly have the best year yet and follow through on the goals you have. On that note, happy 2024, my friend. If you've listened this far, this episode ended up being a little longer than I was anticipating, but I think for good reason, I truly, truly want you to experience the greatest success this year. So if you have listened this far, I want you to head on over to Instagram and DM me at mindinmymacros and tell me what's your New Year's resolution, if you have one, and what you learned in this episode that can help you achieve it. Remember, accountability is one of the best ways to hold true to your goal, so this should be an easy win for you. Until next time, my friend, keep minding your wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I love hearing from you, so shoot me a DM over on Instagram at macros to keep the combo going. If you've learned anything from this episode or any of my past episodes, I'd really love it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I love hearing what you've learned or what you've taken away from any of these episodes. It means so much to me when you do that. 
And if you have any friends you know that need a little help kicking some old dieting mentalities to the curb and want some simple, effective, and sustainable tips to feel their best, share a link to this episode with them. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time.